0: This podcast proudly brought to you by Boss Shot Shells. Old school is back in season. Experience superior shells when you go with Boss Shot Shells. Their premium non-toxic bismuth shells knock birds down so hard that the old guys might just think they're shooting lead again. Make sure you check out Boss Shot Shells for your next purchase of shotgun shells. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. On this week's episode, we're joined by one of the podcast's newest friends and partners, Emily from Shot Cam. And if you guys have watched some of my duck hunting videos from the YouTube channel, then you've seen the awesome footage that you can have and some of the learning and training tools that are capable with using the Shot Cam. But before we jump into the podcast, a quick word from our partners, and we'll get right into it. Gunner's American-made dog boxes come with a lifetime warranty and the market's only CPS crash test certification. The guys over at Gunner Kennels have conducted major stress tests to show just how strong they really are. Like applying 4,000 pounds of force, dropping a 630 pound hammer from eight feet, and shooting it with a 12 gauge shotgun at seven paces with no bullet penetration. Engineered for your dog and built for your peace of mind, Gunner doesn't cut any corners. Nothing comes close to the G1. Go to GunnerKennels.com and use code DuckGun10 at checkout for 10% off your next purchase. We'd also like to give a big thanks to our partners over at ShotCam. Now I've been using ShotCam for the last year, and I can tell you right now it's a great tool for improving your shooting, whether you're doing clays or live birds, or just want to see some cool footage of your shots after the fact. Make sure to check out ShotCam.com and use discount code DuckGun at checkout for $40 off. Hi, this is Killian Bailey from Bailey's Game Calls. I'm here to tell you about our
1: duck, goose, and wood duck calls. We use 3D printing technology to revolutionize the
0: industry. This new technology allows us to create calls with the same sound as wood, acrylic, or anything in between that's at a fraction of the price. Make sure to check out baileysgamecalls.com for your next game call. Next, we'd like to give a big thanks to our partners at White Rock Decoys. Be a nomad and get out further with their system of wind socks and silhouettes. Use discount code Pod at checkout for 10% off your next order at whiterockdecoys.com. What's going on, folks? I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles. I got my co-host alongside me, Elliot Greybeard from Freelance Duck Hunting, and our guest for tonight is Emily Stewart from ShotCam. How are you doing tonight, Emily?
1: Hello. I'm so excited for this podcast
0: awesome we're excited to have you on
2: and i believe correct me if i'm wrong jordan i believe this is our first official female guest
0: wow that that is correct
2: (laughs) you're in the duck gun Gun podcast hall of fame oh
0: yay
1: that's hopefully not the last that is so exciting though
0: yeah (laughs) awesome so kind of giving a little general um introduction emily uh, is part of ShotCam over there, and you guys are out of Florida. So, actually, you know, it'd probably be better if you told us more about you because uh, I'm sure you know yourself better than I do.
1: <laughs> um, well, hello, my name is Emily Stewart. So, I work for ShotCam. ShotCam is a gun camera that mounts to your barrel, and uh, most people recognize the ShotCam based on what we call the reticle, which is just either a crosshair or red dot in the videos. Um, so it's a camera that captures everything that your barrel is doing and is used as a training tool. My dad is David Stewart. David Stewart is the fun Scottish inventor of ShotCam. Um, he's actually over in Scotland right now. He says that he's working, but I don't know how much work <laughs> is actually getting done. Um, he's been just sending us pictures of some beer and hunting trips. So <laughs> I'm glad he's having a great time. Um, so yes, my dad invented the ShotCam and then I started working for ShotCam as a summer job. I actually was going down the medical route and in 2015 decided to uh, work for ShotCam just as a really short summer job to save up for med school. And then I ended up designing our first website. That was the job that my dad gave me. It was just him and I. I designed the first website by watching YouTube videos. Um, so we've come a long way. So if you see the website now, it's not from YouTube videos anymore, um, <laughs> and then I loved the company so so much, and so now I'm technically the COO of ShotCam, and now my dad gets to enjoy his life and hunt and have fun, um, and not have to build SHOTCAMS like we used to do together four years ago. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I'm not a, a, a businessman, I would say. Um, I don't know what's that term mean, or the acronym.
1: Oh, COO, Chief Operating Officer. I'm so sorry. Yes, Chief <laughs> Operating. That's just a fancy wor- word to say second in command. So he's first in command. I'm second in command. Um, and so it's a big, fancy title to just say it's no longer uh, just the two of us. It used to be him and I would take orders over the phone. Um, we would build them together, ship them together. It was such a big deal. If we could get one shot cam sold a day, it was a huge deal. Uh, So we've just we've come a long way from from just four years ago.
0: Awesome. It's uh, always cool to hear kind of entrepreneurial stories that, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, turn into success stories, and especially, you know, a family, uh, a family business taking off.
1: (laughs) It wasn't. Yes. And we've had many disasters. The very first shot cams we sent out about we got like 200 orders. We did this big (laughs) advertising campaign, got 200 orders and we sent them all out and all of them had bugs in the alignment process so they all we sent out 200 shot cams across the world and no one could align their reticles and so we had to pay for all 200 to get come back we had to reprogram all the firmware and send it back out so we've had a lot of ups and downs over the years
2: was there any crying involved on that one?
1: Oh, <laughs> so much it was tricky <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really curious about how the company got started. What, what was your dad doing in his life that he came up with this idea? And what was the mm-hmm. process just in from the idea till selling the first shot cam?
1: So the idea originated, um, in 2011 actually, and his background is in, he's from Scotland moved to America in 1988. Uh, he worked in the electronics industry. He worked actually alongside Steve Jobs. So him and Steve Jobs were working on hard drives. Um, he has so they're funny buddy- they were buddies? They like very closely worked together. Oh, wow. Um, he said Steve Jobs was not maybe the friendliest of chaps, but <laughs> he was phenomenal at his job. And so my dad just admired him so much. He was, um, by not friendly, I just mean he would say... My dad talks about everything had to be perfect. So nothing was good enough for Steve Jobs. You always had to do the – if it was gray, it had to be – you know, if the computer was gray, it had to be shiny gray, and it had to have a good feel, and it had to have a smooth look. And so, um, I mean, working with him, he has really cool stories of working with that. But he was working in the hard drive industry then, um, and then he actually got a job in France. We all moved to France, so – they have, my parents have six kids. They've been married for 40 years and have six kids. Um, I'm number two of the six, but we all moved to France. Um, there, he learned more just about, um, he was working on what was called the SCSI drive. Eventually came back to America, worked on lasers. And all of this builds his knowledge into what eventually became the shock game. So it was the hard drive and then it was lasers. Um, so if you're familiar with, there's a famous clip by General Schwarzkopf and it's um, a laser guidance system. And General Schwarzkopf says, everyone watch as this bridge is blown up. Have either of you heard of this or seen this?
0: I don't believe so. I don't believe so either.
1: Okay. Um, It's maybe just well known by electronic people, but so they blow up this bridge and it was the first laser guidance system. And that was my dad's laser guidance system. Um, And so you combine his electronics plus laser guidance, plus he grew up just an avid, avid hunter. Um, He grew up on a farm in Scotland and just kind of always was hunting. And so he had this passion for hunting. He had a background in lasers, a background in hard drives. And one day was out with my little brother, Xander. They were on the skeet field. And Xander was missing all the targets and my dad was telling him to shoot, you know, ahead of the clay and what he called forward allowance. So what we call lead. So give it lead. And he would say, Xander, give it more lead, give it more lead. And Xander couldn't figure out how to give it more lead. And Xander was training for hunting season. So they eventually went out and started duck hunting. And my dad took a camera and duct taped it around Xander's barrel, put a little dot in the camera and said, watch my, I think it was like a very old GoPro, either that or it was like a, you know, like a Chinese knockoff or something. It was just like this camera that was duct taped around his barrel, put a dot in it. And then they both recorded their videos and they compared their videos. And my dad was saying, this is how much lead you should have. Um, And so that's where he then realized there should be, you know, a camera that actually does this and you can actually align the reticle. Um, So in 2000, it took him two years to develop the first model. That was in 2012 it was released. Um, We sold about a thousand of those. And then uh, the company that was building them ended up going under or something like that. I don't even know what happened, but he had to essentially start from scratch. So starting from scratch in 2013, he had to recreate all the firmware um, we added Wi-Fi into the shot cam. That was a huge deal. People wanted to watch their videos and correct their swings right away. Um, so they wanted to watch a duck hunt, uh, duck shot, and then download it to their phone, and then say, oh, turned out the guy to my left actually shot that bird. Um, so we added Wi-Fi, and then that's, that was our first really great model was actually in 2015. That was a long story. I'm so sorry.
2: No, no, that 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 was wonderful. Um, so i um, It sounds like that the the inception of the device was really for correcting and and improving your shot, then more than re- recording hunts and yes. posting them online.
1: Definitely, it was originally more. We've always intended it to be a training aid, um. So that was the goal of the in the creation of ShotCam, and then it was very secondary that people ended up. Um, kind of social media took off and people just wanted to record their hunts to do cool YouTube videos like you two guys do. <laughs> uh,
2: Cause yeah. the, the YouTube video thing is relatively new, really. Yeah. Three, four five I'll years. I'll say for me
0: with the shot cam, I, um, I don't actually, I, I don't actually use it as a, um, a training device cause I never miss a shot. So yeah. <laughs> sure, <laughs> he <laughs> was crying that's, that's, like that's crazy lies. last year about his bad shooting. <laughs> yeah. No, I started off the season pretty rough, but, um, <laughs> um, f- the first takeaway I get from that story is that your, your dad's a mad scientist.
1: <laughs> He's, we learned something new about him every Christmas dinner. He'll say, well, you know, when I was, doing he oh, he's had a lot of crazy things some things that are terrifying that he's done um, he made ethanol out of orange peel normally ethanol is made <laughs> out of corn so he invented away and patented away random things yes
0: <laughs> that's crazy yeah, yeah that's a. I i mean is he a genius type or
1: <laughs> he's i mean he would kill me for saying this but he's technically part of mensa which is the top one percent until iq level um, but you would never know this. So he's just very normal, very average. Um, yeah. Likes to <laughs> hunt
0: and go outdoors, but also just he's just. Because I was gonna say, like uh, when I was thinking about the shot cam, like I'm like, how does an entrepreneur produce something like that? Um, just because I, I've looked at your website and knew that all all that went into it, mm. and it kind of makes sense now. Saying like hit a lot of his background from, mm-hmm. um, you know, working. Uh, with the software, um, you okay. know, his laser, laser background, all that. That's just really cool to, to hear all that. And, and he kind of put that all together himself.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't think he would say it was easy by any means. I think you have to take on a lot of debt to start up a company. But then if you keep at it and if people believe in the same mission, which I think there's so many people. The thing is, once we launched, once he started selling them in 2012, um I think you really saw that people loved it, they believed in it. Uh, my vision for came once I came on in 2015 was to create a sleek and innovative product uh, like Tesla, to make a product, sorry, sleek and innovative like Apple, make a product so good that people talk about it like Tesla and have the customer service of Chick-fil-A. Uh, mm. So we weren't trying to like reinvent the wheel, we literally looked, I looked at all the companies and. You see an Apple product, and you just, you just want to kiss it. It's so beautiful. <laughs> and then the thing with Tesla is they, that's their motto. They want to make a product so good that people talk about it. So they don't advertise. I mean, one one thousandth of what everyone else does. Um, at the time, they didn't even advertise. They just went with the motto of "We want it to be so darn good that everyone talks about it." And that was Tesla. And then you just think of Chick-fil-A. We loved the, um, the values of Chick-fil-A. We loved that they were off on Sundays, so we're off on Sundays. Um, you go to Chick-fil-A, and they all say it's their pleasure, and I believe it. And you go to their drive-through, and you've got your food on your lap within two minutes. So we wanted our shipping to be super fast. So um, we just took what we liked in other companies, and we've tried to combine it into what is now ShotKam.
0: Awesome. Well, I can say you're uh, you're su- you're succeeding on all fronts.
1: Oh, that's very kind. Well, what has your growth good.
2: been since like 2012? Is has it, it really um, met your guys' goals as far as distribution?
1: Um, As far as so, we don't actually have distributors. So as far as uh, growing, it's way more. So we grew um, like Black Friday last year was 400 times greater than the Black Friday before. Um, so oh, wow. we're busting at the seams and moving locations at the end of the year and um, hiring people. We actually, so Xander, my little brother, who was the <laughs> idea behind Shotcam, he got an interview this morning. I told him, you are welcome to apply for the positions that we have available you're going to apply like everyone else. We're going to call your references. We're going to, you're going to show up in your suit and you are um, going to go through that. So he we will see Zayner Stewart might be the next shot came employee. We don't know. Um, That's a
0: big sister for you right there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> she was like, Oh, em, you're so mean. Um, what is that talk going
2: to be like? If you tell him that uh, his interview sucked and he's not getting uh, the job,
1: <laughs> some humble pie. I think he thinks he's God's gift to earth. So I'm sure it'd be good for him. <laughs> Um, So, anyway, yes, we've got way more employees now and are moving locations. Um, Our sales are just being blessed and um, I think what I'm trying to focus on right now is international expansion as as well as on Amazon. Um, And what you realize, what everyone should know is that you should not give even a three-star review unless the product is horrible because whatever is on Amazon is the, the companies have busted their tails to be able to sell on Amazon <laughs> and um, we'll get customers that'll just, you know, say I'm returning it because it, um, you know, it, oh, we had a customer that returned it because they believed it was distracting it was making the ducks turn away this is not this is not a full story and my dad was like if you think the shot cam is what is making the ducks turn away
0: <laughs> they um, have to take a second look at their concealment <laughs> yes.
1: um but you know what the the, the avenue of amazon it's so um, customer friendly so people get they get the huge benefit of fast delivery, fast shipping, fast everything. Um, And that's what we want. We want more and more to push the Amazon route. I think that's, whether it's fortunate or unfortunate, the way that people are moving towards. So um, international expansion and Amazon is what we're currently working on.
0: Awesome. So I guess the next question I'd have for you is... uh, do you mind kind of give us giving us a deeper dive look into how the shot cam works?
1: Yes, absolutely. That's like my favorite topic. Um, <laughs> so the way that the shot cam works is um, it's got two important things. One is called an accelerometer, and an accelerometer measures accelerations. So if you think of um, Elliot, do you shoot a semi-auto? Yes. yes. Okay, and you too, Jordan?
0: Hunting. Um I, I shoot both, yeah.
1: Okay, so um say it's on Elliott's semi-auto. Um and you mount the shot cam. Again, it just goes under the barrel. And is yours a 12 gauge as well?
2: Yeah, I shoot a 12 gauge okay. beretta.
1: Okay, gotcha. Um so twelve gauge the shot cam comes with 12 gauges. We have sub gauges available, but anyway, so you just clamp it onto that semi-auto. So, and then you just turn it on. As soon as the camera feels the forward acceleration of the action closing, that's how it knows when to start a recording. So what it does is it's, got, it's on your semi-auto, you close that action, and your gun very temporarily uh, vibrates forward. And that's what tells the camera to start a recording. And what it does is it holds 20 seconds of video at all times in what's called a memory buffer, meaning it's holding the 20 seconds, but what it's also doing is it's feeling the pull of gravity and what's called roll, yaw, and pitch, which is called the gyroscope. So if you think of a plane flying, a plane's wings kinda tilt in certain angles, that's what's called roll, yaw, and pitch. Those are the different angles. And so the barrel does the same thing. So it does different angles. So as you're mounting it to your face, what it's going to do is it's going to feel that tilt. And then as it's being pulled away from gravity, it also feels that pull of gravity. And so it's constantly measuring all inside the camera is just tons of charting, tons of lines. It's almost like if you were to read, you know, a heart detector or something, it would be lines going all over. Um, That's what the insides of the Shot Cam is doing. And then as soon as you take a shot, it feels the recoil. And that's what tells it to save that video that was in the memory buffer. So all, you know, a user should do is click it on. And then the camera itself does all of the computing in the background. So um, I can't remember if it was Elliot or Jordan that touched on, you know, let's talk about the difference between a GoPro and a Shot Cam so that would be where the shot cam is only meant for guns so it's a gopro is awesome you stick it on your head and you know you press record and you go shoot or you go do whatever you want Um, a shot cam has to be on a gun and it's every part of the electronics is designed for guns so during a recoil there's roughly 1,000 times the force of gravity in every direction so it's an extremely hostile environment and so the camera has to be able to handle a thousand times, a thousand Gs of force. So it's a huge amount of recoil. And um, the way that we do that is the camera has brackets that clasp onto the barrel and the brackets are padded with rubber pads so the barrel doesn't get damaged at all. You can take it on and off. I'm sure you guys have done this. There's no marks whatsoever. Um, but what the the bracket pads and bracket reduce all that force and then the camera inside is designed to do the wave formation but you'll see as you shoot you'll get one or two frames frames being pictures in the video one or two frames of distortion and that's as the pellets are physically going through the barrel and then the video is clear to where you can even see, if you're shooting against a blue sky, you can even see pellets going out. You'll be able to see the wad. Um, have you guys seen this in your hunting videos?
0: Yeah, I, I definitely have. I actually find it really fun um, <laughs> to when I'm editing a clip for a YouTube video and I'll step it back frame by frame. Yeah. And you, like you said, you can see the shot on some of them. I had a, uh, a full plumage blue wing till in the early part of our season. I've never shot uh uh, full, full plumage blue wing till up here in Indiana. Um, but it was buzzing by through a cornfield um, and I could see all my shot leaving the barrel, going oh, towards wow. it, going towards it and going right in front of it and past it. Oh. <laughs> and so honestly, I, I saw it was a till, but I didn't I didn't realize that um, it was a blue wing until I watched the clip later.
1: <laughs> oh man, that's so cool. Sometimes we we'll even catch it Um, of the other person so if you're watching hunting videos you can occasionally catch where the other person's pellets go past like you'll see them in the shot cam video and Mm -hmm. we've argued a lot of times like who actually shot that (laughs) and you can slow down and you can see definitely the feathers are going in that direction it has to be the guy on the right Um, but anyway so the camera will you'll see about one or two frames of distortion as the pellets are going through the barrel and then you can even see the clarity so the whole thing is the camera the physics of the camera are so different from gopro so um, you'll watch a gopro video and it's beautiful and we never want to talk poorly about the camera because it's an amazing camera it's just not meant to be strapped onto a gun if you're wanting a gun camera and you're wanting it to do a few things. One is you want it to record on its own. You don't want to have to turn it on and off. Um, and the second thing is you want to be able to see where you actually aimed and shot. Um, then that would be where the shot came is very different.
2: A couple things I noticed about it right after that. So the, the only time I've ever used it was with the video um, that I shot shooting melons. That was my first exposure. The other one, Jordan came down and I, and I used his um, for a little bit. I really didn't know much about it, didn't know how to use it. And the first thing I was worried about was how is it going to feel on, on the shotgun? Mm-hmm. And it, yep. you can't even tell it's there. I was really surprised by that. Um, I if thought you have big that,
1: enough muscles.
2: Well, and my muscles are really small. So. <laughs> 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 but it, it was you can't even tell that it's yeah, there. No, I was concerned can't. about that. And yeah. then when I was um, looking through, when I was editing my video, shooting the melons, it's amazing how you said there's just a couple clips with the distortion mm-hmm. it and you can only even see that if if you really slow it down so it deals with all of that vibration and all of that energy amazingly well
0: thanks so i cannot wait yeah. to get
2: it into the hunt videos and start seeing the um the, the
0: yeah s- it, it's, it's really cool and... seeing it it's really cool seeing it afterwards um you know one of my favorite clips from last season uh, we have a hunt where we're hunting um, a farm pond and it's iced up except for about 10% of it. And so the ducks are just cupping into this one corner and we have this mallard that swoops in, just cupped the whole way in his full plumage, uh, green head wow. and he's just coming right in, right over the ice. And the whole time I'm aimed right on him and, uh, well, apparently not right on him because I missed my first shot in a oh. second.
1: <laughs> Sometimes you just want to delete the shot cam videos and just... <laughs> I'm a better shot than that.
0: Yeah, and there was
2: I don't know if it's the same clip you're talking about Jordan, but there's one on Jordan's videos where this this mallard drake must have taken about six shells and he's got him on the shot cam and you can see this bird just eating shot after shot and shot and it's just like it was the toughest bird ever, but that was a really unique unique sequence. Oh, you remember what cool. i'm talking about jordan
0: yeah honestly yeah. i've done a, a lot of videos with the shot this last year um you know on my youtube channel as well as doing videos uh, for htr as well and um i've seen so many clips because i go through every single clip through three guns uh mm-hmm. through all of our hunts and so <laughs> i see so many birds um and so many shots going and oh and, that's uh, so fun yeah, it it is a lot of fun to see that. But one thing I was so surprised about, which I didn't realize, is the number of birds that you actually hit um, that don't go down. Ooh, I know, down. <laughs> I know. And that and that comes to like, I mean, part of part of like wh- what we talked about earlier um, with the training of it. Uh, most of those, you're not hitting the the bird far enough up. You're, you're hitting. Uh, you know, you're, you're seeing feather feather wings go out or you're seeing uh, feathers come out of the butt area. Mm-hmm. Um, But honestly, that's one of the reasons that this last season I decided to go up to a more dense shell. Mm.
1: Have just you guys shot, shot banded birds with a shot cam? Not yet. <laughs> okay. We have two. That was really neat. That's because that's just such an exciting thing.
2: And you can see it on the footage. On the
1: footage. Yes, yeah. it was so yes my brother again the same one that's interviewing for shot came today was <laughs> so proud of that <laughs>
2: yeah that
0: was his
1: that was his yep
0: did he lead it and everything
1: oh it was a beautiful <laughs> video i'll have to i'll have to share it with you guys <laughs>
0: awesome and uh for those of you that are listening we'll, we'll go ahead and um, put up some clips in our facebook group um later on that way you guys if you want to hop over there you can get you can check out some of the stuff we're talking about
2: be awesome yeah back to the gopro um discussion a little bit when i started um my youtube channel i had a i didn't have a gopro i just had a knockoff you know and it wasn't mm, near okay. as good but i first i started trying to put it on my head and then i tried to right. mount it under the barrel and and mm-hmm. i had i mean dealing number one with all of that footage and trying to yeah. weed through it and just pull out the individual <laughs> clips and then from the the ratio aspect of how far away it looks the Mm -hmm. shot cams really is almost uh, totally opposite to the gopro because the gopro is widening everything out and the shot cam is narrowing everything down so that you can see direct kill
1: no exactly so that's a that's a huge difference as well um i don't know if you guys like science but i can talk about (laughs) hopefully it's not incredibly boring i love this stuff i love understanding why the shot cam films at that narrow field of view. So you were talking about the GoPros, that fisheye lens, um, which again, if you're on a ski trip or something, you're gonna wanna capture the full scen- scenery. The shot cam is only 18 degrees. So you're going from a fisheye lens to 18 degrees. And the shot cam's 18 degrees is designed to replicate. So it's the same field of view and playback speed as your brain perceives a moving target. So to put that in, or to give an analogy, if you see a duck coming in and you film it with your iPhone and you shoot it, you know, and you hold it over the shooter's forehead, for example, and you film it exactly what they're looking at, the bird comes in, they take a shot, and then you just look down on your iPhone at what you just recorded the bird's gonna look far away and it's gonna look a lot faster than how you actually, how your brain registered that moving target. And so anytime there's a moving target, your eye essentially weeds out all of the peripheral vision and it goes into this super narrow tunnel vision. So normally you would see, you can actually, the physical eye can see beyond 180 degrees, but as soon as you're looking at a moving target, you get this ultra-narrow field of view, and that's 18 degrees. So what we've done with the shotcam is created an 18-degree field of view that is every single shotcam video is actually playing back at one-third speed. And you would watch the shotcam video and think, "Oh yeah, that's exactly what it looked like." But it, every single one is in one-third speed because that's how your brain registers motion.
2: That's
0: fascinating. Yeah. And isn't it also um, zoomed in or am I incorrect on that?
1: So the zoom in is, um, it's effectively four times zoomed. What that actually just means is if you were to take, for example, a, a computer screen and have a 4K picture on your computer screen, if you then crop down into 1080, which would be you know a smaller it's a fourth of the size and then you expand it to the computer screen you're gonna look like that you've just zoomed in so the shot cam is not zoomed in it's just a narrow field of view so if we were to take a GoPro video and just narrow the field of view what you would be doing is you would be stretching those pixels and so it looks zoomed in but it's not it's not actually zoomed in so a narrow field of view narrow field of view look zoomed in, but actually zoom is a little different. I know that's probably more info than anyone cares about, but (laughs) that
2: that makes sense. Yeah.
1: So that's, yeah, that's why the shot cam was designed at that field of view. And if you were to look at a grain of sand on your table, and then you were to look at a grain of sand that was, you know, one millimeter, to the right of it your eyes could physically focus on the left sand and then on the right sand and then on the left and you would physically be moving your eyes and so what's happening is that goes to show how narrow your retina can focus and so what you're wanting the video has to be exactly like the the shooter's eye otherwise it's not really informative and it just doesn't look correct and so Yeah, my dad studied the human eye and did his best, his darn best, to replicate it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you guys did an amazing job because it is
0: one well put together
2: piece of equipment for
1: sure. Thank you, thank you. (laughs)
0: That's very nice. Awesome. Let's let's go ahead and switch gears a little bit here. Um, So you guys are out of Florida. Um, I know you don't get out and hunt a crazy amount, but you know, can you let us know a little bit about what the hunting scene is like in Florida?
1: yes absolutely so we go um teal hunting down here i think it starts in september so uh my dad always says one of the only benefits of of having six kids is that he applies all of us for hunting permits so he gets more hunting permits than the average guy because he's got six kids he gets and we all you know take our turn to go out um but teal season down here is it just in the Everglades, we take out our his boat is actually pretty well known. He's got this cool boat that um, he and my brother have strapped different leaves and sawgrass on, and um, it's a boat that you just pull up the two sides and you hide underneath it. I don't know what it's called, but he has this cool boat that we go out, go out to the Everglades. Um, I don't think this last season was great. Because we ended up trying to shoot crows a lot,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> which I think is just a bad sign in general of a good duck hunting day. Um, we also go gator hunting. That's my personal favorite down here in oh, Florida. <laughs> do
0: you get any uh, shot cam footage of that?
1: no, that's that's a whole that's a whole league on its own. You take chickens <laughs> and fishing rods, and that's no not way. actually oh yeah, it's it's really neat. You essentially reel them in on a. on a a fishing rod I can tell you guys how to how to gator hunt if that's interesting
0: (laughs) definitely interesting oh
1: if that's interesting I'll tell you I think it's so interesting so yeah let's let's hear it the ducks that we don't end up eating what we do is uh, my dad will freeze them and then once gator hunt gator season comes around he takes out all the the freezer ducks and he lays them out outside for like five days and they just get so stinky and nasty and then what he does is he takes a um it's like a cylinder it's like a tube of wood so it's nothing that actually hurts the gator it's just a cylinder the small it's about three inches um and what he does is he sticks it in one of the ducks and what happens is as the gator chomps on our ducks on our whatever bait we have they swallow it and the gators have a flap at the back of their throat that stops water from getting into their stomach and so as soon as they swallow something that flap comes down and what happens is the little block of wood gets stuck behind that and so their mouth is closed he's got that chunk of wood at the back of his throat And the the gators have no idea. So I should preface that what we've done in the prep work is you take a fishing rod and you just tie your fishing line to that block of wood. And then you put the block of wood into whatever bait, whatever meat you're using, and you just fling it out. You cast it out with your fishing rod. And obviously in the Everglades, there's millions of gators. And so you just kind of take out a boat and go out at night and skim the water, find eyes. What you look for is uh, from the nostrils to the eyes, that number of inches is the number of feet a gator is. So if you see, you'll see the nostrils and then the eyes, it's, you know, nine inches roughly, you know, that's a nine foot gator. So you find the gator that you want, you cast out your rod and then they chomp on it. They swallow that block of wood with the meat And then you just start reeling it in and cold blooded animals have very low energy. And so it's not hard. You literally just reel in the gator. Um, If it's a gator that you decide, you only get two duck tags. So it has to be a really good, sorry, two gator tags. Um, You make sure that it's one that you really, really love. And then do you guys want to know the end part or should I stop there?
2: No, let's hear it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Go for it.
1: So you, bring the gator right next to your canoe. And then, so again, it's got that black block of wood and it doesn't even really realize, if you end up saying, I don't like this gator, you can just kind of yank it out of its mouth and the wood comes out and the gator swims off and there's no issue. But if you decide you do like it, um, you take this like grapple hook and you grapple hook the back of its tail. So one person has a fishing rod with the mouth of the gator and then the person at the back of the canoe has a grapple hook and then they just with a rope and a grapple hook and you just grapple the tail of the gator and then it starts to really freak out because then it knows what's happening and what you have to do is you have to both of you have to hold on to the gator with your life and eventually (laughs) in like five or ten minutes it gets exhausted so again it's not like bringing in like fishing for a tuna or something has a ton of energy this really doesn't um And then the third person in the canoe takes what's called a bang stick. And so a bang stick is a long metal pole that you've put a bullet in with some gunpowder and you punch it between the eyes, essentially. So and then it just goes home to be with the Lord. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I don't think they're gonna go be with the Lord <laughs> they're evil suckers <laughs> So what's the biggest what what like what length are you guys looking for what would be a prize gator
1: um so my dad's gone a 13 foot one um, my biggest ever was 10 feet eight inches um but they go up so I'm not smart enough to know this but they go up by a square root so if it's an inch, longer it's essentially an inch wider or something mm, like that okay. so they go up so it's a huge difference a 10 foot gator is way smaller than a third our 10 foot gator was probably 130 pounds and then you would go to a 13 foot gator that would be you know 300 pounds or something wow. ginormous wow yeah i don't know if 300 300- <laughs> i know that ours but is 100 substantially
2: substantially bigger
1: yes yeah. hugely different
2: And they taste good?
1: So they do, they are the best. So we make um, gator jerky out of them and they are the absolute best. We typically cut off the head and uh, what you do with the head. I know this isn't a a gator show that you guys run but it's so interesting. (laughs) So you take the head and you leave it outside and blue bottle flies lay their eggs on the head. And then all you do is you dig a hole roughly three feet deep you put the head in the hole after the, the flies have laid all their eggs on it, you know, after a couple of days. You bury the head and all those fly eggs turn into larva. The larva eats all of the skin off of the gator. And then after, you know, six to 10 weeks, all you do is you dig up the, the skull and it's like this pure white gorgeous skull. It's wow. really cool. <laughs>
0: Wait, I think it did, how do you get the larva on there? The oh, flies.
1: sorry. The, the, the flies. What? The flies. The flies.
0: Oh, okay, okay. So
1: you just leave it outside for a couple of days and those flies
0: Oh, they just they just put them in there. Okay. They just
1: they just lay their eggs all over the over the gator gator head.
2: Hmm. Huh. So. so is your house full of gator heads.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was. We haven't been that successful always. <laughs> We pretty, do have yeah, we do have one really seems, cool uh, one.
0: That definitely seems pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah, that would be a blast.
1: <laughs> oh my dad is if he can be outside twenty-four seven he would. He would get along with you too like none other.
0: <laughs> so is it, it, it just nonstop? He goes from one season to the next, from gator to <laughs> to ducks he's, to
1: when it's hunting season he's nonstop and then when it's not he goes out and just tries to keep his master class in clay shooting so he says he says that it's a big deal for shot cam he says oh well, I have to keep the master class for shot cam <laughs> but I think he just does it to hang out with his buddies
2: so b- back to shot cam for a second what you're saying about your father made me think of it are you guys marketing more to the side of um, clays and improving your shooting or have you adjusted it more towards like, um, filming hunts and, and which direction more do you go with the marketing?
1: So it's not by choice. It's by obligation. We stick with the very small niche, typically, well, the niche clay world. Mm -hmm. Um, we think that hunters, there's about 10 times more hunters than clay shooters. Um, hunting is just extremely hard to market to. So you can't post anything on Facebook. You can't post anything on Instagram. Um, you just get flagged. So our Instagram has it's one warning away from being taken down because you just get people that say it's violence and they flag us and then they call us and send us really rude things. Um, so is that, is that
2: because they see it as a business? Cause I know Jordan, and I both have Instagrams and we're posting violence on a daily basis.
0: She, I-
1: the, yeah what were you gonna say?
0: Well, I'll let you speak for yourself on this. I just know that um part of it is with guns, anything with guns or ammo mm-hmm. or, or or along those lines, they are really strict about um with h r we have a gun stand, and since gun is in the name of it, it's not even a gun, it's not ammo um we can't do any promotion as far as uh <laughs> um trying to post that on there so I mean there's yeah. loopholes called a marsh stand, but <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so it's not even that, so on our Instagram, if you scroll on our Instagram up until about three months ago, we were just posting videos that customers would send us awesome videos. I'm sure we've posted, you know, a a bunch of Jordans. Um, but, and we've got a girl that does all that social media and she loved it, loved the hunting community. And then I guess Instagram I don't know they flagged once they flag your account you really can't do anything about it so we weren't even trying to sell shot cams or s- it wasn't a marketing effort it was genuinely just sharing hunting videos i don't know how other people's accounts don't get flagged i'm not sure but ours all hmm. of ours ours and now we can't post anything on hunting and so we're gonna have to just use youtube and our personal website to to try to promote it
0: oh what mm, a shame that's a shame
1: yeah
0: that's uh that's not right in no, my opinion not at all
1: and I think that there's just a lack of knowledge of people see hunters so someone in PETA would see a hunter and think what a cruel, nasty human being, and we would think the exact opposite we would someone like my dad would say, You have no idea how much I love these birds, you have no idea how much Every time I go, you know, every time I go duck hunting, I'm doing it for, for the birds because I love them, because I love the outdoors. So it's not, they just have a misunderstanding of, of hunters. You know, when you were talking about, I don't remember if it was Jordan or Elliot talked about wounded birds, like hunters hate that. And you do everything, you send out your dogs and try to find those and get them out. So no part of it is like, oh, this feels great. I've just slaughtered a whole bunch of birds. Like, it's not like that. You take them home, you eat them, you teach people how to sustain the environment and care for it and care for these birds. So...
2: Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a reverence.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. And you definitely hit the nail on the head um, with that. And we've actually just had a similar conversation in one of our previous podcasts. But, um, you know, with duck hunters, it's all about respect for the animal. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's just people being uninformed and um i mean it's not necessarily even their fault i mean the tradition of hunting um as we know it has kind of changed over the years uh with it being passed down from father to son to father to son Mm -hmm. um and there's just less of that so i guess it just comes more responsibility of ourselves as hunters to um you know spread that knowledge and help people understand which is very very difficult yeah (laughs) and i I honestly i don't know if there's you know not this doom and gloom or anything but i I don't know if there's going to be a big change in that direction um but you know every little bit we can do helps
1: yeah i it's i wish they would allow us to take them out hunting one time give us one chance to show you what hunting actually is i think we could definitely change their mind there's nothing better i mean i was telling both of you guys that while I don't hunt, I always say, well, someone has to maintain shot cam. So my dad goes hunting, <laughs> but it's not that I don't tr- utterly love it. I mean, those are the best days that it's, you feel like the anxiousness of the world just melts off you when you go hunting.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well said.
0: <laughs> Speaking of hunting, one, one other thing I wanted to touch on, um, you you told us that you and your dad um, went on a, a cool trip out to Scotland. Um, do you want to tell us about that?
1: Yeah. So uh, his, all of our extended family is from Scotland. Um, I was telling both of you guys that I'm getting married in just 17 days and we're having a big Scottish wedding. So everyone's coming over in their kilts and their bagpipes and, <laughs> oh, you guys would be so proud. So we went, this is what I was going to say. We went pheasant hunting over Christmas break and in, All of the bouquets on my tables are the pheasant feathers of the pheasants I shot.
2: (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Now, does your fiance hunt?
1: Yes, he does. He loves hunting. Oh, good, good. Loves it. (laughs) Absolutely. My dad would not say yes otherwise. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so we went to Scotland and we do pheasant hunts there every year. Driven pheasant hunts. It's incredible. We go out and... I guess the scenery is just so different from the Everglades down here, which we're used to it's rolling Hills. It's cold. Um, Everyone has just a flask of whiskey to keep them warm. Um, It's just so Scottish. It rains half the day and it's just kind of a constant miserable state. And it's just the best. We go out and driven pheasant. So we go from location to location and the beaters come, they surround the forest. You essentially line up all of the, hunters kind of like a wall and it's kind of it's like fancy hunting so i'm sure we only do this once a year and we claim that it's shot cam related and we post all the videos but (laughs) that's just a benefit of working for shot game is you can claim trips like this as company
0: expenses (laughs) (laughs) and everyone wears fancy clothes right
1: everyone wears fancy clothes y'all wear these um so the men wear bizarre trousers that are kind of tucked into high socks you have to wear a tie Um, so they all the all the men wear ties as they're hunting and these um i don't even know what the scottish hats are called but you can kind of picture what yeah scottish people wear um so yeah we went that was our pheasant hunt and then we went goose hunting that was my first ever goose hunt that was incredible as well um people often ask us using the shot cam when you're laying on your stomach and that was just cool to have to use it for the first time myself. We, you know, completely laid out, and then had to activate the camera, stand up and shoot the geese. That, so that was just a really good. That actually was a shot cam, shot cam trip, because I learned.
2: <laughs> so what part of Scotland, Scotland um, were you guys in?
1: So he's from Perth. Um, let's see. so we went. The goose hunt, there's a huge lake up there, and I don't remember now what it's called. Um, but I guess the geese take off from these lakes in the morning. So you have to go super early, obviously. Um, I, gosh, I don't remember now.
2: Is that way, that my only time out of the U.S. was Scotland. We took a 10-day trip up, in, up into the highlands and spent mm. a lot. Man, it is unbelievable.
1: Did you see the highland cows?
2: Uh, yes. Yes. uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. With the
1: bangs and yes. They're so adorable. They're so adorable. (laughs) They are. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's the beautiful side. That's like the Northwest side. So he's kind of, uh, they're more central East side is Perth. Yeah.
2: Okay. Cool place. Cool cool country.
1: Very cool. So we got to spend summers there and my grandpa had a farm. And so he kind of always gave us, um, air guns and we would go out and he told us to take care of the pigeons in the corn in the corn barns. <laughs> so we started shooting things at a young age.
2: <laughs>
0: awesome. Yeah. Well I can't tell you how much of a pleasure it was to have you on here um and get Thank you. some really cool insight on shot cam in the background, you know
1: and gator um, hunting.
0: Yeah, that may have been the
2: highlight of the whole podcast. I'm
1: so sorry. That was a total sidetrack.
2: No, we sidetrack all the time. The <laughs> Whatever's are... interesting is what we want to talk
1: That's about. That's awesome. That's awesome.
0: Well, the thank you that, guys yeah, so much. Yeah, the guests that are used to listening to us know how much we go off off trop- topic and off track. So <laughs> you're, you're kind of a par for the course on that.
1: <laughs> well, thank you both so, so much. It's been a pleasure.
0: Awesome. So go ahead and let people know um where they can find you on social media
1: absolutely so please do follow us on everything and um if you guys post hunting videos please tag us because that's the only way that we can share hunting related things but uh yes it's just shot cam on facebook and then it's shot cam underscore on instagram because someone in china owns just shot cam. So we have to have shot cam <laughs> underscore a lady in China owns that one already. Um, so shot cam underscore is us on Instagram. We've got YouTube. Um, I was telling Jordan previously that we've got some awesome sales coming up. We've got father's day sale, uh, which is going to start on June 1st. Um, anyone can email me. My email is Emily at shot cam.com. Um, I'll subscribe you again. That's father's day sale. It's, it's, I hope that everyone loves it it's a big sale and i don't just say that so that's coming up june 1st my email emily at shotcame.com if anyone has any questions whatsoever our website is obviously shotcame.com know that it's shot with a k because we thought that would be cooler so shot came with a k and um yeah we'd love to hear hear everyone's feedback that'd be awesome and we've got a discount code duck gun we'll get anyone forty dollars off so, uh, if you did decide to purchase a shotcam duck gun, is for forty dollars off.
0: <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, I think that'll wrap it up. Once again, we really appreciate you coming on, and it's been Thank a you. a great podcast.
1: Awesome. So. Thanks, guys, so so much. <laughs>
0: All righty. I'm care. Jordan from Duck Gun Podcast, Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting, and Emily from Shotcam, and we'll see you guys next time.